The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Friday, June 28th, 2019, and you are tuned in to HDM Sports here at HittingTheMarks.com, taking a page from Uncle Colin this week, podcast only, no video. It's been absolutely insane around here, Huckleberry. We've been trying to do this show since Tuesday. My name is Jargo. That's my tag team partner, the man, the myth, the legend, the real RBV. Rick, we finally made it to HDM Sports. It's me, it's me! It's that R to the B to the V. And I'll tell you what, you're missing out here uh, on HTM Sports, picking it up here a little late, watching the drama unfold in the NBA, and then especially now all the drama that we're seeing that unfold amongst the, the Democrat Party, how everyone's throwing their, you know, throwing their name into the ring there. Hey, it, it really, the world of pro wrestling, it, it hardly has nothing, nothing on what we've got going on in the real world right now when it, when it comes to... Uh, these over-the-top characters and all this, uh, all the dramatics that we're seeing. Yeah, absolutely insanity going on in the NBA, and it's just going to get worse come Sunday when everything abs- actually kicks off for the free agency period. Uh, Huckleberry, I, free agency obviously is where we're going to start today, and th- there's a million different stories out there of where we could start, but I guess we'll start with the uh, finals MVP, Kawhi Leonard. Um, Kawhi Leonard has officially opted out in Toronto. That does not mean that he will not re-sign with Toronto, Um, but he is officially out. We've seen Kevin Durant do the same thing with the Golden State Warriors at this point. We've seen a couple people uh, opt out in Boston, one of which was a complete surprise that nobody saw coming. And now come Sunday, we can actually start signing people. And oh yeah, there's also the Los Angeles Lakers out there. So I guess let's start with Kawhi Leonard. There's really four different options that I am hearing for Kawhi Leonard. Number one being he can stay in Toronto. They can offer him five years, another $50 million and everybody else. I still think that's where he's going to end up. I think he's going to re-sign in Toronto, but he is taking meetings with the Los Angeles Clippers, the New York Knicks and the Dallas Mavericks. Where did this thing come from? Well, you know, I think what's really important when we talk about these movers and shakers, we got to remember how many there are. And they go from, you know, absolute megastars down to, you know, just your run-of-the-mill role players. And, it, and when you look at someone like Leonard and taking this opt-out or anyone really taking this opt-out, you don't want to miss out on the potential on this market and all these max deals and seeing what they're getting here. What's really going to be interesting before we jump into to Leonard and some of these uh, interesting meetings that he's taking, which really aren't, aren't any surprise to me. You're going to go out there. You want to talk to some other people, see what they have to offer here. And you put a little more pressure on Toronto to to really up their game for you and, and see how, you know, how they're going to sweeten the whole pot all around. You know, who else do they bring in here to assure that you have another chance of getting back there? But it's going to be interesting to see who starts falling and who, which team gives that first blockbuster deal to somebody we, we could argue shouldn't be getting that. And how it's really going to move, you know, move everybody upward here. I, I think, you know, what's really going to be interesting is when we get to Durant, you know, how how are they going to handle him this year on the market when we essentially don't know if you're going to get any production out of him, any production at all. Uh, but going back to Leonard here real quick, these teams, 
nobody on that list really surprised you. Really, even the Mavericks don't surprise me because they, you know, they have been kind of stagnant for so long. Uh, you know, they've always kind of just been in that contention in the West, but they we haven't they haven't been in that conversation of a serious contender to us. You know, that's they're a middle to the bottom of the pack, and that doesn't really scream, you know, the Cuban style. You know, if he's possible to make another move right here, get his name back up there, get back in the groove, obviously they're going to try to make that move. You know, it seems insane to say this, but the Dallas Mavericks are the number three team in Texas. Of course, Kawhi Leonard already played for the San Antonio Spurs. He's not going to go join the Houston Rockets and the dysfunction that's going on over there. That actually seems like it could be Jimmy Butler's spot, but we'll talk about the Rockets here in a bit. This could kind of seem like an FU to San Antonio, wouldn't it? Uh, most certainly. But again, you, you talk about being in that three spot. That doesn't scream anything in the personality of Mark Cuban. And you you got to believe after all these years where we've seen seen Dallas fall off, you know, going back to when you know, they haven't really been a force since LeBron was in. Yeah. Miami. Yeah. With that there that nobody's, when they knocked off the Miami Big Three, you know, almost with a year after that, that, that team has that franchise has disappeared. That is not Mark Cuban. It's not where he wants to be. You got to believe that he's looking to make some kind of move to get back into this thing. Even if they can't land this here, I think it shows that they're back here, that they're back ready to play some ball. I think the problem is Mark Cuban. Um, when you talk about NBA players and especially NBA players that are making, you know, that $260 million over the course of five years, you're dealing with a lot of big egos. And there's only room for one giant ego in Dallas, and it's Mark Cuban's. So he, he surrounds himself with players like Dirk Nowitzki, and he surrounds himself with people like Christoph Porzingis, who are fine players, but you're not dealing with a huge ego there because there's only room for Cubans. You know, outside, I mean, who was there back there when they when that pickups? It was Nash still there? No, I don't believe so. I, it, that was Dirk Nowitzki's team. Well, I understand that. Even when Ash was there, I mean, that was still, you know, Dirk's team. They were just bringing in – and you kind of bring up a good point. He just kind of brings in people where they're not essentially the star, although Dirk, you know, through his stats, absolutely was, but not so much in personality. He was kind of that buddy-buddy, you know. He wasn't out causing any, you know, ruffles with inside the media, wasn't all over the headlines for his nightlife and all that. I mean, he was about his statistics and changing the game for big men, if you would. But, but yeah, it may be, maybe that is what's hindering them. So as I ask you now on Thursday afternoon, and of course a lot can change between now and 6 o'clock Sunday, where do you think Kawhi Leonard ends up? Does he stay in Toronto, or does he end up going to the Clippers? Because to me, it seems like those are the two logical choices. He's a Southern California boy. There's been this infatuation with the Clippers for a year. Has Toronto done enough to convince him to stay versus going and being a member of the L.A. Clippers? You know, going and getting the job done in Toronto and what is what that has meant to that fan base, uh, you, you got to absolutely believe uh, it would be one of the most heart-wrenching decisions he's ever had to make to see how they have embraced him so recently and the success that they were able to provide. Then, you you know, you weigh into some things, like you said, do you, do you go back home to Southern California, you know, where, where you've got your ties and all that? It, it's beautiful weather all year round, you know. If you're not, a, you know, we're up in Toronto you're dealing with some hellacious weather factors throughout, you know, why you have to be there during the season. You know, that 82-game season plus your playoffs. Uh, but then also, again, here, you know, if you go, if you go to the West, 
you're not are you going to be in one of those you know top one or two positions to go to the finals every year we're opposing the east if you can maintain that structure like we saw lebron do in cleveland you know and, and maybe you maybe you go a few times and you know maybe obviously you've already won one so you're off you're out of the game here two more before you get another one but at least you're in the position to pick off those western teams in the east yep i completely agree um but let's talk about kevin durant but i want to start with andre iguodala which seems like an absolutely backwards thing but andre iguodala came out the other day in the media and he had a couple of things to say one of them concerned clay thompson saying that clay is going to be back in february which seems uh awfully um, inspired for Andre Iguodala to say. But the other thing that he said that I thought was really interesting was, ain't nobody going to New York. Of course, he was talking about Kevin Durant. He's talking about Kawhi Leonard. He doesn't seem to think that anybody is going to join the New York Knicks, and the New York Knicks are just going to strike out inside of this free agency period. Huckleberry, it seems as though there's three suitors now for Kevin Durant. There's the Golden State Warriors, there's the New York Knicks, and all of a sudden there's the Brooklyn Nets, which I think really revolves around Kyrie Irving more than it does Kevin Durant. What do you make of this Kevin Durant situation at this point, and do you think anybody is going to join the Knicks, or is Iggy right? You got to believe that there is a little truth in what he's got here. He obviously can't speak for for each of these individuals, or you know, or the efforts that the franchises are going to put forth uh, to try to bring them to the area, especially the Knicks. There now, they've already you know they've already gone out. They got the number three pick, who you know going into the college season was the number one recruit in in, in all the land. Uh, the Knicks were able to land him there. I mean, what kind of immediate impact did Barrett make right there right away? But and, and who's going to go want, you know, who's going to be that individual, if so, that wants to go there and play there? And then you kind of have to, you know, do you, you get concerned with one of these other names here, like Kyrie Irving? You know, I mean, that kind of that dynamic that fell apart between LeBron James and Irving when it, they should have fit like that. You know, you bring in that that hot number one, you know, that top prospect, bring him in with that superstar and it kind of unfolds. Plays together here. And I don't think. I think what's what's got to be really interesting with the Knicks, as we were talking about, is they've got some money to spend here. But how long are some of these big guns like a Durant going to hold off late in this game? I mean, how long do you save money just hoping to make that move? Or a Kyrie who might be a little bit later waiting to get that top dollar or see what other perks come along with that. How long can you hold off before you got to just start improving? Of course, my birthday is Tuesday. Your birthday is Wednesday. I suspect that Kevin Durant will be signed by the time your birthday is over. And I think if he's smart, it's going to be with the Golden State Warriors. The Knicks are an absolute dumpster fire at this point. Sorry, Big Ray. The Knicks are an absolute dumpster fire. I mean, when you look at their front office... Nothing special. Their ownership is amongst the worst in the league. I love Madison Square Garden, but it's one of the oldest facilities inside of the league. Their roster is incredibly depleted. Can somebody please give me one reason why Kevin Durant would want to join the New York Knicks? I can't think of one good reason why to join the New York Knicks, especially if the Brooklyn Nets 
are an option. And Kyrie Irving is talking about going to the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn's not as badly depleted as New York. They were a playoff team last year. They just re-signed DeAndre Jordan, who is one of Kevin Durant's best friends in the entire freaking world. They've got the Barclays Center, which... As much history as the Garden has, the Barclays Center is a much easier to get to venue and it's a much newer facility. Why on earth would he go to the New York Knicks? And do you think there's a chance that he ends up in Brooklyn instead? I, I think, you know, I, the way you lay it out there, it makes much more sense. I think the only people that are really in that hard, you know, that hard nosed offense of, you know, with the Knicks and wanting them, the league in a sense, there because it is New York. It is Madison Square Garden. But those that are hanging on to this thing, and even the league a little bit, if they realize there's just as much value with having the with having the Nets associated with those top spots as there is the Knicks overall. I mean, it's you're relatively in the same market, and you can re, you can remerchandise this thing. It's not like the Knicks have just like have lost it in five years. This team has not been good for a decade or so, right? Well, I mean, there, I get, is, there is an entire group of kids that just graduated high school, right, 18 years old, that in their lifetime, the New York Knicks have won one playoff game. One. That's it. One game, not a series. To, one to game. What, to what you have is like, you know, those those hard-nosed throwbacks and then just that New York market, that fanboy society there. That just you know, it's not that they're that they're delusional to the fact they just want their team back. You know, they, they want it there. They want that history because they remember it when they were coming up. Yeah, they they absolutely they, that's what that's what they envision is is the hot destination. But the facts are facts. I mean, it's a hard pill to swallow. It's just not there anymore. The reality is, you are much more the New York Mets than you are the New York Yankees at this point. And you, you hate to say that about a franchise as historic as the Knicks, but my God, in Zion Williamson's lifetime, they've won one playoff game in well, the you, East. You, you look at and look at that with Barrett having to go there and know that, you know, I mean, that's what's in front of you. And I, and I know, you know, he's out there saying all the right things, ready to embrace this thing. But he's living off, you know, stories of beyond before his lifetime. He doesn't remember, you know, obviously he's. He's likely, a, you know, a, a big fan of the sport and he studied things like that. And, you know, those that have been involved and influenced, you know, his progression through basketball had, have told him the tales of, you know, the great Knicks and all that. But to, there's a difference between having it then and, and seeing it firsthand. Do you suppose is, do you suppose that players like R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, when they sit down and they watch a New York Knicks game from 1992, Right. And they're and they're watching that last really good Knicks team. Do you suppose that it's like us when we sit down and watch wrestling from the 70s? And it's like we're sitting there and we're watching the people and they're absolutely losing their minds. But then you actually look at what's going on in the ring and you're just like Osprey could do that. Osprey could do that. And then like a 100 other times, too. Like, do you suppose NBA players look at it the same way where they're just like, who in the fuck thought John Starks was a legit NBA player? Well, that's what, you know, they're probably looking at, like, I'd break this whole white, I'd break this whole white guy down, man. Right. What, what the hell has he got going on here? And I'm going to make, not even, well, because I like watching wrestling from the 60s and 70s because it, it's the style that I like. You know, you, you got that rowdy crowd, they're buying into it. I mean, you've got those big bulking brutes that are just in there throwing down. What it is more like is, you know, today's fan. You know, when, when they come back and, and then they watch things that we've watched, even people that go back you're not doing anything. It's just a bunch of, you know, it's just a bunch of smut. 
in, in, in Jerry Springer television. They, they didn't know that because we care about the characters and, and the storylines and everything that's going on. They're just worried about going out there. It's like the NBA that we see today. When the main reason I can't stand the Houston Rockets and bodies with these people today like about wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the Houston Rockets and soccer are, are much more comparable with the, all the flopping going on from James Harden. But we'll talk about them here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, let's talk about Boston. Um, Boston got straight bitch slapped the other day. We, we knew Kyrie was leaving Boston, but all of a sudden Al Horford opts out of his contract in Boston, which seemingly has caught everybody just completely off guard. Rick, number one, I think the problem is it's Boston. And, and we all know anybody that's listened to us for any duration of time. I know that Boston is a, a giant piece of trash. It was literally built on a freaking garbage dump. But take that all aside, why does nobody want to be in Boston all of a sudden? Like the Lakers are the number one brand in the NBA. The number two brand in the NBA has got to be the Boston Celtics. Well, we're seeing Kyrie got out of there and now Al Horford is getting out of there. Kevin Garnett never wanted to go there to begin with. Anthony Davis told Cliff Paul that if I go to Boston, I'm not going to resign there. Why does nobody want to go to Boston all of a sudden? Well, I, I'll tell you, you're going back there from some different reasons. Obviously, there's something there wrong with the management. But think about where this franchise was before they made that Kyrie trade. I mean, they were right there. They were that hot team that was supposed to challenge for the East every year. And then that could possibly break through, you know, to take out one of those Western teams. Then they make that deal for Kyrie. And the wheels completely come off this thing. They, they have not been able to. To get back to anywhere close to what you know people expected them to be since making that move, yeah, it's just very, very surprising. Uh, so now, what's next for Al Horford? I'm hearing Clippers are a real possibility for Al Horford. So once again, we have another one of that upper third tier moving out west, which just makes the West better. The other option that I'm hearing, and this one intrigues me greatly, Rick, is New Orleans. You know, when I look at that New Orleans roster now with Zion Williamson and with, with uh, Lonzo Ball and with Brandon Ingram and with Josh Hart, that's a very, very young team. A player like Al Horford would be invaluable to a team like the New Orleans Pelicans. You know what really gets me? I think this will be a big game changer as we were leading into this free agency. Nobody was expecting this move. And this is going to be another one that shifts these financials and, and kind of just tailspins everything into who, where do we need to pick someone up? up. But as you mentioned, heading west here, I mean, what are what are we developing here? I mean, we know we've got the D-League. We, we, uh, the West apparently now is becoming the A-League, and that was just the C-League. It's like nobody wants to play there. Everyone would rather head west and join these super teams, battle it out there, to take on the East in the, in the finals, which kind of goes back to what you know what we were just talking about. Where does this leave that the East potential potentially leave the East, and what kind of teams there are going to continue to emerge? And if you're the Toronto Raptors and you re-sign Kawhi Leonard, you're literally bringing back the exact same team that just won the championship, and it seems like every other team in the East, all the all the legitimate contenders, are going backwards. Well, look, I mean, uh, like Philly, they're not losing a whole lot, right? Well, there's a very good possibility they lose Jimmy Butler. Okay, I mean, that, that's going to be a major blow. But if you're Philadelphia, you've got to realize you were a buzzer beater away from beating the NBA champs, not, you know, taking them out yeah. in the playoffs. And then if you're a walk-off team, tough defense gets in their face, you 
that'd be fair. I continue to, they're going to have to prove me right somewhere. I think the Pacers are in striking distance. I mean, there's a, there's a lot there, but but it's still such a drop-off from what we could potentially see moving west. There's going to be more parity in the East next year than I think you've ever seen before, and a lot of 50-50 teams that end up making the playoffs. Um, so what do you think? Al Horford, New Orleans? Is is that the better bet? I mean, I understand. If the Clippers are in a win now, if the Clippers get Kawhi Leonard, they might as well sign Al Horford too, Make whether it's a, a two-year deal, a three-year deal, just because that's going to be their window. Well, and what you really got to look at there, too, if you're the Clippers and there's always that conversation, you know, who's did they for the longest time? They're trying to grab the grab that ring in the forum. If I mean, if you could go out there and start winning, you know, for two or three years, you could pretty much put a dagger in the Lakers. I mean, because they're going to have to start winning ASAP. Well, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the Lakers. Of course, we've got five players under contract right now. I, I saw this ridiculous shit the other day that the Clippers have a better team right now than the Lakers. Well, yeah, we literally have five players under contract, and two of them are LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But they are obsessed, Rick. Lakers fans, the Lakers front office, everybody associated with the Lakers are obsessed with going out and getting a number three star. And I just, I don't think it's necessary. I, We have Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma averaged like 18 points a game last year. Isn't Kyle Kuzma the number three? Well, let me ask you here. I mean, he falls great into, you know, great into that number three role for you. But as a and as a Laker guy, is there any concern that you would need another star in case, uh, in case this Anthony Davis and LeBron thing does not work out? No. No, because they're going to bring in another star, and they're going to pay him the league minimum. And his name is Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony is going to end up a Laker. He's going to come in for the veterans minimum, and he is going to be a spot shooter. I absolutely expect that is 100% going to happen. Nerland's well, the- I understand. You know, he'll, he'll come in like six, six or seventh, right? Yep. Yeah, he'll, he'll be like the second guy off the bench. Melo's not a starter anymore. Melo knows he's not a starter anymore. Those knees are shot. I don't care how much he can dribble around on a Facebook video. Then we have Nerlens Noel. I think Nerlens Noel is going to end up a Laker. Um, he is obviously signed with Rich Paul, who obviously represents LeBron James, and he represents Anthony Davis. Like At this point, they might as well just make Rich Paul the president of the Lakers and just bringing nothing but clutch sports athletes because the other one that they're talking about is D'Angelo Russell, who the Lakers sent off to Brooklyn when they got Lonzo Ball, and I was pissed off about it then because they were trying to cater to Swaggy P of all freaking people, sent his ass packing. Now they're entertaining bringing back D'Angelo Russell. I really like D'Angelo Russell. I think he's a great piece, but he's a point guard. There's only one player in the NBA last year who played more with the ball than D'Angelo Russell, and that's James Harden. Rick, you've watched LeBron James play in Cleveland for years. What does LeBron James do? He handles the ball. Yeah, I mean, it might not be bringing it up. A lot of times it is, but immediately when you cross that midline, it's going to LeBron to set up your offense. So what do you need D'Angelo Russell for? You, you, you could save $12 million a year and just bring in a regular old point guard. Hopefully one that can shoot. That's what the Lakers need. They need shooters. And you have Kyle Kuzma, who's a shooter. Just seems so backwards to me. And go get J.J. Redick. 
for the love of God, go get J.J. Redick. Need that kid. Let's talk about the Rockets. Uh, CP3 tells the Houston Chronicle, I'm going to be in Houston. I'm happy about that. Huckleberry, we heard all kinds of reports that the CP3 and Harden marriage was over. Those two guys can't get along. CP3's too old and James Harden's too much of a ball hog. So the answer is let's bring in Jimmy Butler. Do you think Jimmy Butler is going to be satisfied playing number three on the Houston Rockets to James Harden and Chris Paul? Because I don't see this working at all. Well, here, and here's what I'm, you know, when we go back to the speculation of was the marriage over and all that, I think that was a lot of just working the system. You're trying to get some drama out there because you got all these people on the move here, uh, but you're going to influence this, this free agency thing if you think there's a potential that one of these, one of these two might get moved off of this team. Coming up, I mean, this goes back to, hey, the perfect example of this was this last season when New Orleans just absolutely worked your boys in L.A. Yeah. Dragging that thing out here. And, and I think we're going to have a little bit of that drama between these front offices here. Uh, again, you know, bringing in Butler, though, you're asking, if, is he going to play a number three? Maybe there's some serious talk down there in Houston that they got to change the way that they handle this. I mean, it, it is obvious. I mean, I think that it's a. The proof is that I'm putting out there. Yeah, you can go out there and you can. we can talk about triple-doubles, triple-triples, all this you want, MVPs, blah, 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 however you want. But at the end of the day, you're nowhere near a championship caliber team. You know what I, I think it is? I think this is uh, one of those instances where management had to step in and be management. and Because I've heard it from too many sources that what happened was – James Harden storms into the front office and says, it's him or me. It's CB3 or me. One of us has got to go. And then Chris Paul storms into the office and Chris Paul says, it's me. I'm the one that's got to go. And at a certain point, the, the Rockets front office had to sit these guys down and say, James, we're not trading you. You are the face of the Houston Rockets. And Chris... Nobody is going to take this shitty contract that we have you signed to. You might as well just realize you're going to be in Houston because ain't nobody taking that contract. That contract is so bad, even the Lakers won't take it at this point. And Chris Paul is like LeBron's best friend. What really really reminds me of this uh, this past Sunday, I was watching my two nephews. They're they're four and two years old, and we're out playing in the yard, and we had the trampoline, one of those small trampolines out. Oh, yeah. And they are ready to murder each other over who's going to get more jump time on that trampoline. And, yeah, I just had to finally come in and, like, hey, both you settle down. We're not going to – we're not – the trampoline's not going out. I'm not going to get rid of it. But here's – you're going to jump here for this period. I'm going to tell you when you're done, and, and Noah, you can get on and have your jump time, and I'll tell you when you're done. Yep. Sometimes you just got to lay it out like that, man. Imagine when there's three of them. It's like freaking trying to officiate a triple threat. Enough, you know who joined in with this? I, I was just going to say, oddly enough, uh, Jimmy Butler came around the corner and joined in. Was dropping with Levi and Noah, so it all worked out. Did they uh, throw Jimmy Butler off of the trampoline? Tell him to go stand in the corner. Uh, he did get the least amount of time. Let's talk about the summer league. Um, Huckleberry, the, the the executives at the NBA have given us an early present. They, they're giving us a present for our birthdays. It's going down on July 5th. I am looking forward to this. Summer League, night one. It is going to be the New Orleans Pelicans taking on the New York Knicks. Or should I say, 
the New Orleans Zions taking on the New York RJs. Both guys are going to be inside of this thing. It's going to be the Battle of Duke. I'm looking forward to this thing. Huckleberry, do you make anything out of the Summer League, or is this just trying to get guys acclimated to the speed of the game inside the NBA? You know, I, I regularly, I'll check out the Summer League each season, and it's more because, you know, it's just like going to watch a fun open gym where you know there's some stars in there who can get up and down. You're not expecting too much, and you're hoping nobody gets injured. But you want to talk about Marketing 101, how to get it done, son. I can't remember the last time that I've seen – you know, this much attention being paid towards the summer league and they're coming out of the gate strong here. You know, the people want us. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. First time that we get to see Zion in a Pelicans Jersey. Hopefully he signs it and sends one over to Drew Brees, Drew Brees sending over Zion Williamson. It's a signed Jersey and Huckleberry. He says that he's passing the torch to Zion Williamson. The Houdat Nation now belongs to Zion. You know, he never did this for Anthony Davis. Is it safe to say that Zion Williamson is now the face of New Orleans? Well, I, I think it might be a little premature. And you don't really want to put all that too much pressure on such a, a young, talented individual right here. But again, I'll stand by this. I think this is one of those, you know, just once in a decade talents that, are, that we're going to see come in the league. Absolutely believe he's going to have great success there. But just like anywhere else. You have to have the pieces around you. You have to have the management believe in you. And then you also you need the city, which obviously is. And they're embracing that right now. So they want to get him off to the best start he can possibly have here. And, you know, they're hungry down there for professional. Their message during the draft was, if, if you embrace us, we are going to love you. And they're absolutely showing on their behalf what that fan base is all about. Had the NBA awards the other night. They pass out the MVP, Luka Doncic. Uh, winning the Rookie of the Year over Atlanta's Trey Young. The Bucks' Mike Bettenholzer wins the Coach of the Year. I don't think that's any surprise, as this is basically a group of regular season awards that th this voting is all done back in April. And Giannis edges out James Harden for MVP. In fact, it actually wasn't even close. It was like 70% of the vote goes to Giannis. Huckleberry, what do you think? Do you, do you watch these NBA awards? I checked them out. You know, I wasn't like tuned in. I guess the, what were they on NBA TV or something like that? I assume I didn't. I don't know where they're at. Yeah, I just I just read them. I didn't watch any highlights on here, but uh, absolutely love that Ed Harden didn't win this thing and wasn't even close to it with all the praise he was getting all year. And I think, and you're saying it, it's supposed to be for this regular. But I absolutely think it year after year, people just realize, you know, this isn't working for him. And it's not good for the league in a sense. Yeah, I completely agree. As we wrap things up this week, let's talk a little bit of baseball. Want to get your MLB contract standings in here. Of course, I, I had wrote this show originally on Tuesday. So these numbers are as of Tuesday. They're not necessarily current. Uh, the Philadelphia Bryce Harpers, they stand in at 40 and 38. The Los Angeles Mike Trouts, 39 and 40. And the San Diego Manny Machados bringing up the rear at 38 and 40. Huckleberry, when these guys were getting ready to sign, we both said it. Once you put all this kind of money into these players, 
it just doesn't work. When I look at the real standings, here are your your leaders inside of the uh, major leagues at this point. The Dodgers just running away with the National League, 54 and 26. They passed on all three of those guys. The Yankees at 50 and 28, leading the American League. Yeah, they pass on all those guys. The Twins at 50 and 27 came out of freaking nowhere. Like nobody saw the Twins coming. This is just incredible, and it's almost got me pulling for the Twins at this point. And then you have the Houston assholes i mean houston astros at 49 and 30 huckleberry you make anything out of this all these teams that are paying all this huge money these 10-year contracts 150 million dollars to go hit a baseball and they're all playing 500 ball well you know we talk regularly you want to be playing around that area come the all-star breakthrough within striking distance but what's gonna what's gonna be interesting here is you gotta believe that they're not going to have any money to make moves here to try to improve themselves because they've got, you know, they're on the hook for these, for these huge deals here, but most of the leagues around this 50, 50 right now, I mean, at least where it has you in striking distance to get into one of those wild cards or in a couple divisions to come pick them up here. The reds are damn near the bottom of their, of their division in the central there, but they're still not that far out. You know, it's they're They're floating around in that area there. So we it's not unconceivable to see any of these teams make a move uh, or just, you know, hold together what they have roster wise and just get hot going forward. Uh, I, I know like Bryce Harper's numbers are just abysmal right now, but you know, as it, it's going to really start warming up in Philadelphia, that ball's going to swell a little bit. He's a much better hitter in that hot weather, that hot stretch of the season there. Uh, I've compared him before to a, uh, to a Jay Bruce there. So we're going to see if he's going to be able to get that six or six or eight weeks at him. That's going to change his team around. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's edition of HTM Sports. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. Then make sure that you find Huckleberry and I today on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Hittingthemarks.com. Got a big interview coming your way. Be sure that you visit us Monday in the locker room, hackerhameen.podbean.com. You can find me all weekend talking nothing but wrestling on Twitter, at NotJargo, RBV. How do the people find you? Well, as always, uh, you can keep up with all things Rick Vickery across all social media platforms at The Real RBV. That's it for this week's show. Click on down to the next show on the feed. We'll be right back in your ear holes for the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. If this is it, if this is the end of your journey, for now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya!